Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The FIFA Women's World Cup 2015. Brought to you by the Offside Rule and Audio Boom. Welcome to another Offside Rules special from Canada for the FIFA Women's World Cup. We've only just taken down the streamers. That's right, England fans were in jubilant mood after yesterday's quarterfinal win against the hosts, Canada. Myself, Kate Borsay and Lindsay Hooper with you. It's been quite a 24 hours, hasn't it? It's been a brilliant 24 hours, but I feel absolutely exhausted. It's that elation and then you have the come down and then we might have just gone for a few celebratory drinks on behalf of the players. Um, We both got a few messages saying that they they were just going to get Diet Cokes in. So I thought that we should go, go for it for them. We'll try and stay awake for 20 minutes. We've got a lot to get through. Um, So we're going to be speaking about our favourite bits of the quarterfinals. That's in a few moments' time, just summing up. And to help us along with that, Lindsay, you caught up with Kelly Smith earlier on today. She gives us a bit of insight into what she thinks of England so far and the tournament in general, so some of the opposing teams as well. We're also going to be uh, taking our professional hats off and giving you some behind the scenes insights if you want a few little gems as to what Lindsay and I have been up to and the kind of experiences that we've been having three weeks in in our Canada trip at Stay Tuned that's coming up as topic two and Siobhan Chamberlain she made her first appearance for England in that quarterfinal victory against Canada so it's only fitting that we've done a quick fire questions with Siobhan who knew that she was a bit of a hairstylist Hi, I'm Alex Scott. Don't forget to keep up to date with all the latest from Canada 2015 with the Offside Rule. We get it. Let's get started, Lindsay, with our favourite moments so far from these quarterfinals. I think we've got to start England, first of all, because it's all the nation have been talking about, isn't it? And I know we've been doing loads of interviews on TalkSport. We've um, been getting a lot of tweets, a lot of reaction from over in the UK. And a lot of my friends who've been caught up in it as well, who've been messaging me on Facebook and saying it looks incredible. We're doing we're doing the nation proud, the women there. Um, yeah, we, we've had some great reaction. Brilliant game yesterday, Fifty-four, over 54,000 people at BC Place. Two goals within the space of three or four minutes. It was quite something, wasn't it? The first on 11 minutes from Jodie Taylor. And I think we're really pleased for Jodie Taylor. She's someone who's come onto my radar really since this tournament started. Um, I didn't know an incredible amount about her, although she has featured um, in teams in England. She's uh, now playing for the Portland Thorns and she's 29. And yet she seems to have just, she seems to be one of those rare players that's basically come into her own now. She's still incredibly quick and, and we knew she was quick. We just haven't seen it because she had that operation just nine weeks ago. Let's point out as well, you mentioned Portland Thorns. She plays with Christine Sinclair. And Alex Morgan. Yeah, from the USA. So if we come up against them in a final, then she might have some inside information. And she ran herself ragged, mm. but she also was very composed when she got that chance. And when she buried that shot, I just thought, oh, her head's going to pop off. It's going to explode. <laughs> she gave a really emotional interview afterwards. And and if you're at home, you must play that back. She's fighting, literally trying to fight back the tears. And you can see what it means to her. A mention as well for Steph Horton, who got player of the match. Imagine getting player of the match in a quarterfinal game against the host Canada and being captain. I mean, she was really shipping the defence, making sure they kept a high line because at times we had to defend quite deep because of scoring two goals so early and Mark Sampson wanting to hold on to that that lead, which we we did. Yes, uh, Christine Sinclair scored, but I think it was partly down to to Steph marshalling everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, Other players, I mean, we could pick out so many England players that have done well. Jade Moore, Farrah Williams, Claire Rafferty. So, so many. We could go on and on. A special mention as well to Karen 
Karen Bardsley, who will be walking around with quite a shiner today. Yeah, her eye was already up at the final whistle, actually, when she um, went to speak to a few fans afterwards and then um, exited the pitch. You could already see a good shiner coming through. I haven't been onto social media to actually see if anyone's tweeted anything, but I bet she's got a shiner. Um, Lucy Bronze. Got to talk Lucy Bronze, haven't you? She's my favourite player. She is. I mean, there's no there's no mistake that she got PFA Player of the Year last year. I just think she's a workhorse. She's tireless. She's now being given the freedom uh, to go forward and and attack and get goals. She's get she's getting goals at this World Cup, which is great to see. I really have a lot of time for Lucy Bronze. I think you could put her into any team um, around the world, whether it be domestic level or international, and she would fit into the first team in any team. So that means that she's world class in my eyes. And how many world-class players do we have in the England team? Probably, you know, only two or three that I would say could be on a shortlist for a FIFA World Player of the Year, but she's certainly one of them. So that's England-Canada. England now play Japan and we'll do a special preview podcast. We won't talk too much about that now, apart from the fact that I'm already feeling a little bit nervous about it. Lindsay and I are off to Edmonton tomorrow and we'll start digesting all the build-up for that and we'll give you a preview podcast too. Let's talk about the game earlier on in the day because, of course, it involved Japan. They played Australia. We saw Japan play that wonderful football, didn't we, against the Netherlands where there were lovely little triangles of play, lovely little link-up and... After their performance against Australia, which wasn't great, they had plenty of possession, plenty of chances. They just didn't make anything count until the final few minutes of that game. I'm just wondering whether it's possible for Mark Sampson to find a way of nullifying Japan, to find the way to not let them play like that um, so that England can, uh, I daren't even say it, make their way through to the final. You're asking here for our favourite moments from the quarterfinals. Then one of mine has to be Australia giving Japan a fright, that's what I would call it, and giving us hope. Because, yes, we face now... Japan in the semi-finals and I think that performance from Australia must have given Mark Sampson some real belief that England can go on and get a result from this game. I think Mark Sampson has everything in his armoury to counter what Japan can do and we, we will hear from Kelly Smith later on but she expects Japan to be fairly predictable. Well you'll hear more from us on Japan as we build up to that game from Edmonton and don't forget we'll be doing lots of interviews over the forthcoming days as well before that semi-final. Um, 25 years, 25 years it's been since an England senior team made the semi-finals of a major tournament so um, well done to England women and we keep our fingers crossed against Japan. Anyway I divert because let's go Germany-France. In this game what impressed me the most was the fact that France took it to Germany. They were the better team. Well, I have to change the topic here from favourite moments to not favourite moments. Um, I've got two not favourite moments. Uh, One of them being when the referee gave that penalty, awarded a penalty to Germany, which was not a penalty in a thousand years. The softest of penalties. And another not favourite moment coming back to the Canadians was them misunderstanding the rules and booing at tackles which were decent and booing at yellow cards and things like this. I just didn't understand. So those are my two non-favourite moments. What I loved about the France game, and let's go back to that as we're working our way through these quarterfinals, was Nassib coming into her own. Um, the French players looked good. And actually what that did, you know, a bit like watching Japan-Australia, it gave me a, an incy-wincy bit of hope that someone's taken it to Germany. Germany drew against Norway. OK, that's a group stage game. Um, but Germany are still the favourites, I think, but it's been shown that there is a way to try and manage them. The fact that it went to extra time on penalties and they won 5-4, which I predicted as 
soon as penalties arrived is is another matter and we only have to hope that if whoever comes up against Germany and they have to um, of course play USA next that if you get into that penalty situation that you've got as cool a head on your shoulders as the Germans do I just I just wonder in that Germany France game whether the are the Germans keeping anything back they, they just didn't look like they were really going for it to me. I, I just don't think that they've handled higher European opposition very well in this tournament. I really don't. I think Norway gave them a fright and I think France had sussed them out. I think they went in with the right game plan. Uh, USA, let's move on to them because they will have taken quite a lot from watching that performance from Germany. I'm sure they'll go into this game feeling very confident just because as well they know that they've got the players that can deal with this Germany side and it's going to be number one in the world versus number two in the world. And a standout moment from the quarterfinal in their game was a Carly Lloyd header I think she's been brilliant for USA and it may well fall down to a, a header of one single goal in, in this next match. It could well do. We know that ticket sales for that semi-final in Montreal between Germany and USA are already at 45,000 as we record this. 25,000, by the way, sold for Japan, England, but great to see ticket sales still buoyant, even though Canada no longer in this tournament. Let's hear from Kelly Smith now. She tells us what she thinks of England's performance so far in this tournament and picks out another few favourites favourite moments. I'm Sarah Williams. You're listening to the Offside Rule. We get it out here in Canada. Brought to you by Audio Boom. I'm joined by Kelly Smith and we're actually sat in the Fox Sports studios which overlook all of Vancouver. As you look down the promenade as well, you can see seaplanes taking off and apparently orca whales were nearby recently. This is quite the setup. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to be here. I feel very privileged to to have been asked to do this role for Fox Sports. You have watched every game going um, and also you, you've obviously had real big professionals to be able to debate certain topics with. I mean, what, what have been standout moments for you so far? The Brazil game um, v Australia. I was expecting Brazil to trounce Australia just from seeing the talent that they have. But Australia have come, they've, they've got a youthful side. Uh, they played a high pressing energy game and they kind of that game took me by surprise a little bit. Um, I've just been really pleased with England, you know, seeing how they've developed. Obviously, the first game against France, I was a little bit critical on how they set up and quite defensive. Um, But they've built momentum and got really into the flow of games. Um, The USA, um, at times, have been a little bit disappointed and the US public have been harping on about they need to be scoring more goals. But again, you know, they're still in the semi-final. Um, Germany have been the most impressive team for me by far. They're attacking threats. You know, we're all over the field um, with Mittag, uh, Sasic scoring most of the team's goals, but they've got other players stepping up, loopholes, pop. So I've just been impressed by their format. Obviously, Marajan, who potentially might not play, um, we're hearing with an injury. Um, so they're the teams that have stood out for me. Obviously, Japan too, they've gone under the radar. Not too many people have been speaking about them. Um, they don't score many goals. They're winning games 1-0, um, but playing good, attractive football and their goal... Um, against Netherlands Netherlands was by far the the best team goal that I've seen just the combinations and the step over at the top of the box and then the ball bent in it was just a fantastic goal to watch so you know I've watched all the games so far so they're the ones that probably 
spring to mind? I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves, but you're working for Fox Sports, which is a huge channel in the USA. So a lot of the people you're working with, USA, they'll be all Team USA. It could be an England-USA final. I mean, what have they made of England? What have your colleagues been saying to you about the, the sort of football we've been playing? Uh, they, they've been impressed so far. I think they had the same sceptic thing with the first game against France. They weren't too impressed with, you know, just set up to kind of not get beat and not really be an attacking threat. But I think Alexi Lalas was impressed with, you know, their performance yesterday and how they stepped up. They scored two early goals. They eased themselves into it. The nerves, nerves were calmed down. Heather Mitz is, is a fan. Obviously, she knows Alex Scott from her Boston Breakers days. Um, so they've been going back and forth. So, you know, it's... No one expected England to get to the semi-finals, so it's it's really pleasing. And obviously, it's nice for me still working out here, having my home country involved, because um, I want them to do well and obviously to get to the final. And of course, you want them to do well. And a lot of the players, you speak to them, and it's people like you that they mention. You know, that's why they got involved in football, and it's people like you that have inspired them. Uh, there must be a tiny part of you that's sort of going, "Oh, I wish I was part of this." <laughs> no, not really. Um, I've literally just sat and watched the game as a fan, and not there's not been one moment where I thought um, I want to be playing because I think in the, that's the reason why I retired. Why I retired when I did it just before Christmas because um, I was ready to to leave the England fold and now I'm watching it as a fan it's really pleasing for me to see how well they're playing and with confidence and Mark Sampson's really you know got all 23 players believing and you see the cohesiveness and I actually went to the team hotel the the night before uh, the game v Canada and just sat down with them after dinner and just you just sense the confidence within them and you can see in their eyes that they're really hungry to do well and you know really raise the profile again for the game in England and they've certainly done that they've made history um, it was a good team solid performance especially the second half you know you got 55,000 fans that you know not wanting you to win and the resilience that they've shown and great defensive play Canada just took it to them and they just soaked it up and absorbed it and that's for me, England have struggled to do that in the past. It was normally a little bit squeaky bum time and letting a goal, but they they managed to do it and find the energy and the enthusiasm to get themselves through. My name is Lucy Bronze, and you're listening to the Offside Rule podcast. Boom. Great to hear from Kelly Smith there, Lindsay. She sounded like she was in good form. Let's give some behind the scenes insight because we've been. Roomies, we've been in each other's company now for the best part of three weeks out in Canada. We're getting on fine, actually, despite having a few tense moments. <laughs> a bit like Mark and the England team. We like to get it out immediately and then just move on. But there have been some things that have made me laugh on this trip so far. I was really taken aback by how small Moncton was, where we were for two of those group stage games, and how much we kept bumping into the players and their parents too. We couldn't walk along the street and neither could the players too, and I'm sure it wasn't always great for them actually, um, without seeing England fans, without seeing the England players. And most of them took it in really good spirits and you'd see them you know, popping out for a rare Diet Coke at a bar or at a respectable restaurant um, and of course people are going to approach them but they are they are all really nice girls I have to say I've not seen one ego at all in that squad um, and they really are together I think we've seen them 
out and about, not just in Moncton, but in the other cities that we've been in, in pairs or in threes and often in different mixes. It just goes to show it isn't like we always see, you know, two particular players together. We will see a p- players out with a, with, a, with a variety of other players. So it's good that they're really mixing, really mixing as a group. Yeah, and you talk about the, the parents and bumping into them. We've got some great stories because we've spent quite a bit of time with, with a few of them. So um, Len, Len Horton, Steph's dad, probably fitter than Steph. He goes for his runs, doesn't he? <laughs> He's always in the gym and always going for runs and has given us advice as to where to go. And uh, the one day that myself and Kate will say, the one day we did go for a run, uh, came back looking a bit red-faced. He actually was quite approving, wasn't he? Because we'd done a bit of exercise. Well, I think he'd even told Steph and, and Steph's agent that he'd got us out running. He seemed to sort of take it upon himself to, to sort of become the England journalist fitness coach uh, because he'd, he would do a couple of training sessions a day, would uh, Len. I think he felt some fatherly pride towards us as we sort of slugged past him in our lycra. Tony Duggan's family as well, I have to mention. Ken Duggan, who now... Ken, thank you, because you follow at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter. You interact with us, you favourite things. He's really behind exactly uh, all the... Co- we've been doing lovely lovely family to talk to they've been very supportive of tony and very down to earth i like that do you know what's funny as well is that um the parents are very honest about their their daughter's performances even to the point of you know us having to stop len from swearing whilst we were trying to record audio during the mexico game (laughs) because he gets you know a lot of these parents are watching it not just as proud parents but as fans actually and what what i was really surprised by was some of them saying look we're giving away a cheap goal if we score one often we're giving away a cheap goal len's enthusiasm for making sure that we we got it right at the back. Um, and the Frank Kirby goal, I have to say, this is this is a great behind-the-scenes moment, really, um, is that if you haven't listened to it yet, listen to the Frank Kirby goal from that Mexico game because you can hear Lindsay Hooper on it. Normally, we try and maintain a professional silence whilst we're recording audio because otherwise it's a bit of a giveaway. Um, but Lindsay didn't on this occasion. No, I often let things drop. <laughs> Especially when I'm watching England, I think as anyone does. Another little nugget from behind the scenes. I interviewed Jill Scott a couple of days ago before the Canada quarterfinal. And Jill said, oh my God, I have to tell you this. She said, I went to a shop earlier and I bought some items. And she said it came to 1966. And the guy behind the counter said, would you like the receipt? And she said, yes, I definitely will have the receipt. So talking about lucky omens, Jill Scott with a 1966 story. Um, A few of my other favourite moments. Um, just watching England when we were in Moncton um, Mark Sampson and the whole in- England squad on the morning of a game came over to near our hotel we were opposite and there's a big car park and they stood in the car park and they went through set pieces <laughs> and we were all watching whilst eating our breakfast I thought that was really funny just to watch them have a talk through um, the haircuts when we were in Moncton um, I think Leanne Sanderson had been to get her hair cut and she'd come back and she looked pretty good. And a couple of um, the couple of the team members, so Mark Sampson, decided he would go and get his hair cut, but not before um, Joe, who works with the FA, who does a lot of FA TV stuff, he decided to go and get his hair cut as well. And there are loads of pictures from the girls, actually. Um, I, think, I think they've got a WhatsApp group within the team and there were lots of pictures flying around because Joe came back from the barbers in Moncton, having been um, barbered, basically. He had a big chunk missing out the back of his head and even with that uh, Mark Sampson decided to go and get his hair cut too and uh, when he came back I joked that he looked like something out of Papillon you know straight out of 
Alcatraz. He had <laughs> very short sides and a little tufty bit on top. And I chatted to him. God, when did I chat to him? In Ottawa before the round of 16 game. And uh, yeah, he's, yeah I, I, I was basically teasing him about his hair and, and the fact that he's losing some. And I, I tried to very cheekily. And, and I got told off by Lindsay Hooper for this because he's an England manager. But I said, you know, you've, 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 you, have to get, you have to get on level with them. So I had a little cheeky dig at Mark about his hair. And he said he thought he had four more hair cuts left in him <laughs> I can't believe you're saying that um, we've had a great time obviously uh, we could wax lyrical about lots of things that have gone on but we can't leave it without the final one which was our John Herdman moment oh yes well this was very good I am known for I, not being observant I'm not very observant I pay lots of attention when I have to and I remember stuff but I'm not one of those people who walks down the street, as Lindsay Hooper does, picking out faces. I'm, I'm just not one of those people. I, I kind of, I must live in my, although I'm a very switched on person, I think, I must live in my own world whenever I walk around because we're sat there actually listening to a bit of audio from some interviews that we've done. And suddenly Lindsay goes, it's John Herdman. And we see... Well, let me just say that the reason why this is so exciting is that we'd had a little bit of trouble because we were told, a little bit like Mary and Joseph, the inn is full um, <laughs> by the Canadian press. They said, oh, their, their press time with John Herdman was full. So we had requested to have an interview with him, hadn't we? Mm. But they'd said, no, it's full. We can't get you in. So the moment when he's on his morning run and I spot him, of yes. course I'm going to say to you, Kate Borsay, uh, John Herdman, let's go! <laughs> So off she scrambled and uh, she stopped John and we um, got some questions in with him, which are also up on Audio Boom. That was before the Canada game. I have to say as well, we were the first people to get the reaction from him that he he admitted that he didn't think he got England sussed out, which was the news line that had been going round. So rounding off uh, with John Herb, and I'm sure he'd be pleased that he's uh, rounded off a, a segment of interesting behind the scenes moments. Um, let's hear it from Siobhan Chamberlain. Made her first appearance in this World Cup coming on for Karen Bardsley after she got a poke in the eye. Um, so here's Siobhan and her quickfire questions. Hi, I'm Frank Kirby and you're listening to a Women's World Cup special from the Offside Rule. We get it. Siobhan Chamberlain, these are your quickfire questions. Something you didn't know about Canada. I didn't know their money was tearproof and waterproof. Who is the member of your squad most likely to forget to call home? Jill Scott. She's the most likely person to forget anything. <laughs> Favourite meal you've had so far? We went out for dinner last night on our day off and, and that was really nice. Favourite player for another team? I know, I think for France um, Henri has played really well and she's she's scored some great goals this tournament who's the most fashionable woman in football it could be one of your own squad it could be someone completely different yeah see i I really can't name one single person (laughs) i think the scousers all think they're very fashionable i think tony and alex would definitely say they're up there with the most fashionable people best good luck message that you've had oh this is an easy one i got a um a little pink bag that was sewn together for me from two neighbors of my fiance's parents and they've been going around knocking on their house asking for updates of how it's going on and wishing me luck the whole time since I've been here. So a little shout out to Susie and Emily and thank you very much for the for the little bag. Something a bit different that you do before a game? Everyone's hair. Do you really? I do most people's plaits before their game and I'm claiming credit for Kaz Carney's header <laughs> um, in the game against Mexico. As I'm saying, it went off one of the plaits that I did there. If you could choose tickets to any sporting event, what would it be? I think it would have to be watching England men play in a World Cup final somewhere hot 
and beating Germany. Thanks to Siobhan and we're going to round things up here. We're off to Edmonton tomorrow. I don't know too much about Edmonton, but I'm a bit gutted to leave Vancouver. You know, whilst we're there as well, it's Canada Day. Uh, so I have been promised fireworks. We will see fireworks, <laughs> hopefully on the pitch as well. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully we, we, are, we are celebrating with fireworks. Um, we will see you for a preview pod before that semi-final against Japan, where England again attempt to rewrite the history books. Sports Social Podcast Network.